It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. This is your host, Ed Oliver, DC Sports YouTuber. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at E-D-T-O-O-F-L-A-T-T. And this episode is brought to you by Fridays on Locked On NBA. Fridays on Locked On NBA. I check out Nick Angst of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Maris of Locked On Nuggets. Power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On Wizards and all the Locked On NBA podcasts as well, and uh, leave a, a good rating. It really helps out the the podcast. And uh, today we have a special guest, Corbin Ford. He is the host of the Round Ball Ramble and co-host of Duncan Dynasty. How are you feeling today, Corbin? I'm doing good, Ed. I'm happy to be here. I'm pumped. Um, ready to go, man. You know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love bringing that energy. I love it. Um, so yeah, today we're going to touch on um, the lineups for the Washington Wizards. You know, starting lineup, cloning, closing lineup, uh, a, a death lineup, and you know who's who's going to be coming off the bench. Uh, you know who's going to be the odd man out. There's just a lot of question marks with the Washington Wizards right now. They have a lot of forwards. Uh, you know, we might have we might have that three center rotation like we had last year with Robin Lopez and and uh, Daniel Gafford and. And uh, Alex Lynn, but we we replaced a couple of those guys. We just have a log jam at that forward spot. So there's been a lot of debate online, on social media, just debating, you know, who who's going to start this year, who's going to finish games. We have, like I said, we have a million forwards. We didn't have any forwards last year for the most part. Uh, it was really just Rui and Denny. And then after that was Isak Bonga and uh, Anthony Gill. And we were just searching for guys uh, to bring in off the bench. And this year we just we have a, we have a good problem. We have a lot of guys. Um, that are six seven six eight that can play. We don't have a lot of guys that that kind of stand out at that forward position, but we just have a lot of solid guys. So we do want to break down the lineup, and then also we're going to talk about the power rankings that came out. Um, there was one power ranking on the Wizards on NBA.com, and there was also one on ESPN that um, a lot of Wizards fans are not too happy about at all. But so we're going to get to toward to that towards the end of the show. But we'll start off. Um, so looking at the Wizards roster now, revamp roster. Uh, bringing in Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and um, some a couple of guys, um, Aaron, Aaron Holiday and Montrezl Harrell. Uh, who do you who would who do you think is going to start? Who do you think is going to be the starting five for the Washington Wizards on opening night? Okay, so as a Lakers fan, I've been watching keenly like <laughs> those key additions for us or key additions for y'all um, from LA. I look at the starting lineup. Obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal that's locked in. I think from the forward spots where, of course, it gets interesting. Um, I think you put Contavious Caldwell-Pope at the three. Personally, he's guarded up um, on bigger win players for the Lakers over the years. Now, mind you, he doesn't necessarily have to do that as much with the amount of forwards that could probably swing down and play the three for Washington. But for the most part, he's not going to be challenged in a severe way that I think he can get away with playing the three, also providing some necessary spacing alongside Beal and, and Dinwiddie. And then at the four, I have Hachimura. And at the five, Daniel Gafford. I think Daniel Gafford is like the one clear starting Big Thomas Bryant obviously still out. Montrezl Harrell definitely better off the bench. 
So you bring him in, he's the guy that brings size, any kind of level of defensive activity around the rim um, and some rebounding there. And then Hachimura, just because I feel, again, uh, as watching Kuna, he's probably better off the bench as well. Um, this select matchups, I'm sure we'll talk about that coming up where he can probably start and slot in there. But, I mean, having Hachimura, again, having some more size there alongside Gafford at the five. Yeah, I'm definitely with you with Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford, I think he earned a starting spot playing so well defensively. And since we like the Lakers, you do know, you do know more about uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope and, and Kyle Kuzma. Of course, the easy locks are Bradley Bill and Spencer Dinwiddie, and I think Gafford. But the the question, and then Rui is going to start as well, um, just to help with his development too. You know, he's got to start and get as much playing time a- as possible. And I think the debate really is between Kuzma and KCP. You know, who's going to be better off the bench? Would, it, would Kuzma be better off the bench or KCP off the bench? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to see Kuzma and Rui play together a little bit because they're both, you know, 6'8". And Kuzma, he, he can play the three a little bit too. And he was pretty good at the three spot too. And he can shoot the ball. He shot 30, 36% from the three-point line. So I'm interested to see those two play together. And then um, KCP, he can interchange too. I think, you know, like you said, he can – he can scrap it up and guard in threes and twos. And I think also he could be good coming off the bench for Bradley Bill too. The Wizards have not really had a lot of bench depth at that shooting guard position. So it would be a breath of fresh air to see uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope come off the bench for the roster. Um, and it would be interesting there. And uh, there was a good question on social media as well for the Washington Wizards um, rotation on that first night. If you had to make – this was from Bullets Forever. I saw this circulating on Twitter – if you had to make a 10-man rotation for opening night, uh, who would it be? Yeah, that was tough because Washington got so much, like, I don't even want to say sneaky deep. They just got deeper um, yeah, with, some of, with that trade primarily. But, I mean, you're looking at the starting five, of course, Dinwiddie Beal, KCP, Hachimura, and Gafford. And then coming off the bench, um, you have Denny Avdija, excuse me, alongside, in this case, you would say Aaron Holiday. You also have Raul Neto back. So I'm thinking Aaron Holiday with Raul Neto Moore as a third guard, although he played significantly for the Wizards last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so them coming up, obviously Harold's going to take the five because that's kind of the only position that he can really kind of man, especially with so much four um, minutes already taken between Kuz and Hachimura and Denny as well. So right. I think you really have those five and then coming off the bench between Denny, um, of course, Davis Bertans, who also has to play kind of that four position, Montrez Harrell, and then Aaron Holiday. And then I kind of want to put Corey Kispert in there as well. I feel like he's someone that will provide some more spacing um, for a team that has some additional space considering what they had last year, but can definitely use it. That'll be spot minutes, but I think that'll be the 10-man rotation. So on the outs, I mean, obviously Thomas Bryant, who's still injured, and then, of course, Raul Neto, who I'd imagine would come in more situationally. Yeah. Those are some great points there. Raul Neto, it's, it's, it's kind of a debate there between Raul Neto and Aaron Holiday. Who's going to be that backup point guard? Yeah. Um, and it's a tough one. Raul Neto played really, really well last year. And Holiday, you know, he had a solid year, too. They both can shoot the three, and they're both really, really scrappy. And Kispert, he's going to have to fight to find minutes. And like you said, Davies Bertans is getting big money, $16 million per year, and he's going to be probably the seventh or eighth man right now. You know, and, yeah. and it's like, you know, we're paying him so much money right now. Now, he – he he played really, really well last year in the 2019-2020 season. And then this year, it was kind of rocky. He came in out of shape and, you know, couldn't couldn't practice because of COVID protocols over um, in Latvia, the Latvian laser. And, uh, you know, in the playoffs, you know, he had a game where he had zero points and six fouls. So he was really up and down for the Washington Wizards. But when he's on, he's on. 
and when he's shooting the ball well at a high clip, you know, he had a game where he hit at least six or seven threes in a game. I mean, the guy can shoot the ball, but when he's not doing that, he's just such a liability on defense. But to get back to the question, the 10-man the rotation, this is a really good question, and, and it's just a lot of guys. It's a log jam at that small four position. So um, I, I had Kuz starting. So I, I have KCP off the bench. I have um, I have Raul Neto over Aaron Holiday right now. I have Aaron Holiday as that third point guard right now. So, the, the, yeah, the five off the bench would be uh, Raul Neto, KCP at the th- – Four it would be Bertans, Monsters Harold at the five because you know he's really capable of being a six man of the year guy. I mean he's really good at that role. I mean I think that's the best role for him. I mean he's uh, he's an undersized center, so he would come off the bench. True. And then and then that three man probably would be Denny Obdia. And then Kispert he he probably would fall out of that that um, ten man rotation. So Denny Denny's got to get playing time. You know they they did invest that ninth pick in him, and uh, he's he's got to scrap for minutes right now. I mean they got a lot of guys who who can shoot right now that three and D position right now uh, with KCP and Bertans and Kuzma. And it, it's going to be tough for Denny to get some minutes. It really is. And I want I really want to see him running that, that point forward position because he's really good at bringing the ball up and playmaking, getting rebounds and, and being a playmaker. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a dog fight for competition there mm-hmm. uh, for that, that, that role off the bench, just to get minutes for guys. Kispert, I oh, yeah. Todd. I mean, it, it's a log jam there, but you know, we're going to mm-hmm. get into that and then we're going to get into, our closing lineups and some call it a death lineup as well. You know, Kyle Kuzma, he said that he called it a death lineup at uh, the Lakers, you know, back when they had Alonzo ball. And then also uh, you could, you could go back to the death lineup with the golden state warriors too. They, they call it like the Hampton five or something. Oh, that was a real one. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll get into that too. But before we get into that, uh, this episode is brought to you by bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can bet on the NFL uh, and baseball season is also in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The promo code is locked on. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so let's get into um, the closing lineup. So who who do you think would be uh, in that closing lineup? Guys that would get hot towards the end of the game. Um, you know, free throws are a factor as well. Um, you know, I think people, I think everybody on the roster for the Wizards for the most part are solid free throw shooters. We don't have like a Ben Simmons 
no, uh, no. type liability that bad. I mean, Monstrous Harold is not that great of a free throw shooter. Uh-huh. But um, is he going to be out there crunch time? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely not. And I know as you as, as watching the Lakers a lot, you know, he didn't yep. play a lot of games. So who, who do you think um, if the roster change, if the five changes from that starting lineup, mm-hmm. uh, who do you think would be in that, that closing lineup? So what I did with the closing lineup, obviously the backcourt, stays the same i mean that's the one constant you got those guys that are locked in foundational right. i mean you know that's that's where they're going uh, what i did i dropped gafford from the starting five and i brought Kuz off the bench uh the reason Kuz on the bench to even begin with for me is mm-hmm. that, like if you look at um denny kind of being that point forward role you have another shooter out of one of the point guard spots then kuzma's really bringing the offensive initiation from the perimeter because then you're going through montres harrow who can create inside and then you have, of course, Berton sniping away, but he needs his shots kind of created for him. Right. So you have someone in Kuzma who he didn't look great operating out of the pick and roll. Like, that's not his thing. But he's probably the best option for the Wizards off the bench outside of one of their point guards that are coming up off the bench to, like, initiate some sort of offense or make his own consistently. Um, so with that being said, in the closing lineup, it doesn't matter. Like, he's going to be out there. I have Dimwitty and Bill in the backcourt. You still have KCP at the three. You have Kuz at the four, and I got Rui at the five. Um, reason why, switchable lineups. Gafford did hold his own defensively in that, but I don't want to lean on that unless you absolutely have to. I think you would try Rui on that. He's a little more um, a quickness as far as being out on the perimeter and hopefully kind of evolving that more over the offseason. Uh, Kuz has improved tremendously on the defensive end over the years with the Lakers, especially the last couple. So I'm really solid on him as well as someone who can space the floor a little bit. And then, of course, with KCP having another shooter, and you got your two creators, you know, from the guard spots, I think you have a pretty solid closing five. But it, the one thing that the Wizards have is flexibility because it can go a lot of different ways. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. It's a small ball lineup. The only times I would really be concerned about is maybe the Sixers. Yeah. That's yeah. about it with, with Joel and B. That's the only time. But other than that, looking at the Eastern Conference, I mean, you look at the other bigs. I mean, the Heat, they got, they got Bam out of bio. Maybe, maybe Rui could hold his own a little bit mm-hmm. with, with Bam out of bio. Probably being wishful thinking there. But. <laughs> I mean, sadly, watching the playoffs, too, like as good as Gafford is, man, unless he improves my foul trouble, he might be a small ball real early, too, of indeed. <laughs> that is true. And, uh, and yeah, and Harold's undersized, too. He's 6'7. And then, you know, yeah. I do, I do want to think about Thomas Bryant just a little bit. I like Thomas Bryant a lot. He's Poor injured same. right now, you know, mm-hmm. former Laker right there. And he's he's one of the few bigs that can actually st- stretch the floor because Montrose Harold doesn't shoot threes. Gaffer's not a three point shooter. Gaffer's a heck, he's a heck of a finisher around the rim. Harold's a heck of a finisher around the rim too. But mm-hmm. I think Thomas Bryant, when he does come back, he will add a lot to the lineup because you know you you could do pick and pop, and it's not just one dimensional pick and roll. Um, but he, defensively, he's probably he might be the worst defensively. It's probably between him and Harold um, being liabilities on, on the defensive end, and Gafford is by far the best defensive big. Um, Rui is solid on defense. He can move his feet. He, he's scrappy as well. He gives effort. Um, you know, he, the, nobody's questioning his, his effort defensively at all. But Kuzma coming off the bench and finishing, I think Kuzma would be a finisher too. I think Kuzma is one of the guys that can actually make a leap. Um, as many Lakers have before, you know, Josh Hart got better. Brandon Ingram got better when he left the, left the Lakers. Lonzo Ball improved when he left the Lakers. Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle. I mean, the list goes on and on with guys that, <laughs> yeah. you know, have left the Lakers. And, and said. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it's hard playing under under LeBron James. It's just hard to play with him and Anthony Davis. So I think Kuzma is, is one of the guys that can make that leap. Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with your lineup pretty much as well. I mean, it's Dinwiddie, you paid him the money. He, he's, 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 he's the best point guard we have. So he's got to be out there on the floor. And, of course, Bradley Bill, Mr. All-NBA, he's not going to be off the floor yeah. in crunch time. So. <laughs> 
we don't really have to say his name. And then after that, KCP, who I think can mesh well with Bradley Bill, and he's a shooter. You know, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Even though he's a streaky shooter, um, he's a good shooter. And then, believe it or not, you know, I think there's some times where Bertans might be able – people call – they can call me crazy or not. But if, if Bertans is, is flaming from the three where he's just super, super hot, mm-hmm. and it's situational basketball, if he's just having a super hot night and he is hitting his threes yeah. at a high clip, then yeah, there you just gotta leave them off, leave them in, especially in the third, especially in the fourth quarter, and the way the NBA is set up today, where it is based on three point shooting. Hundred um, percent. I think there are some games where Bertans is gonna finish. Just situational basketball, you never know. There could be games where Raul Neto finishes games, or Aaron Holiday finishes games, or mm-hmm. Montres Harrell is he, he's he's on fire one night. He's he's finishing games. So um, you just never know. And um, would that be your your death lineup as well? Your your killer lineup if you just want to put a team just put a team away you just you would you go with that that lineup or switch anything else up i kind of feel like i would i did like a defensive lineup kind of okay. death kind of lineup but yeah, yeah i don't like that one as much it, it, because it then it forced me to have to choose between spencer and um bradley beal and like come right. on that's not a decision i want to really want to make but it was like between those two kcp um denny coos and Rui. like you have it's small but it's heck of switchable you have shooting in different positions you have some ball movement um, especially Beal as a terror, just prime, you know, being able to create his own shot, but other guys who can handle the ball, specifically Denny and then Kuz, who can also initiate offense and the defensive and holding their own. But I really think when you look at the Wizards, uh, and a lot of this, again, will come, like you said, when Brian gets back, because he is a really good player, if not on the defensive, at least just what he unlocks on the offensive end. Um, when you have these guys, like I feel the starting five um, with some minor switches is kind of their best lineup. You know what I mean? After mm-hmm. that is really switch- situational in terms of who's hot, you know, who's been going, but you have some balance there. If anything, I, I think the only like nitpick would be maybe having someone bigger at that three spot, but KCP is probably best equipped to play that for Washington right now. So I, it, it makes sense. I think that would be my closest one. The defensive lineup, you know, if we're really trying to get some stops and, you know, one of our guys is having a horrid time. Like, Beal, obviously not being a great defender, but he's Bradley Beal, so it's not like he's going to be, like, sitting. Um, but then you just right. bring in some additional size off the bench, um, you know, and see how that look works out for you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think so, too, with the defensive lineup. I think Aaron Holiday would get some run with Ooh. the defensive lineup, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, he did have a positive plus-minus defensively. Raul Neto had a positive plus-minus uh, when he came from the Sixers as well off of that one-year deal when he signed with the Wizards last year. Um, so I think he could be a scrappy guy. You know, you give, you give Spencer Dinwiddie just a little break, uh, let him get a breather. And um, Denny, Denny's a solid defender, too. He tries. He mm-hmm. just fouls a lot. Yeah. But – um, he's a solid defender. He gives a lot of effort. And uh, Gafford is, is just an elite shot blocker, in my opinion. I think he has the potential to be uh, similar to a Clint Capella or Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell Robinson, Erlens Noah. I think he's in that same um, group as all those bigs. You know, De- DeAndre Jordan back with the Clippers. I think he has that same um, type of pedigree yeah. uh, to, to play like that. And um, like you said before, Kuzma, Kuzma he's, he, he, he's become – a solid defender, a positive defender with the Lakers. And, you know, that was the role that he had to get uh, playing along uh, AD and, and LeBron. Um, so um, we, I, I don't think we could play Bertons and Montrezl Harrell at the same time because they're both, uh, they both struggle defensively. Uh, but I was, I was trying to see what, what do you think a good lineup is to put around Denny off of the bench? Um, since he he's just a, he's, he's, he's better suited as a playmaker. And, you know, Wes Unsell, he does want to develop Denny Avia. 
He wants to pass the ball more. We were ranked 27th in passing in passes per game last year. Uh, we had two guys with high usage rating, Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, which is, you know, expected. Um, but what do you think is a good lineup to put around Denny Avdia off the bench? I think you want to surround him with some shooting um, to have, you know, someone there. I think it's going to be like a weird, funky lineup, in my opinion, because I want to play him alongside Beal. Um, and just, you know, Bill coming off of handoffs, coming off of screens, still being able to kind of work for his shot, but not have to manufacture it all on his own. Um, if we're giving some of that playmaking to um, Denny, I think you still want to have a, a big I, – I, I think in this case you'd probably put Gafford, in my opinion. Um, have Bertans for increased spacing. You have Beal. Uh, maybe you bring in Aaron Holiday. Spencer's fine too, but I'm looking for, like, some shooting. You want to really kind of steer the ball more his way if you're trying to work on that playmaking and have him be kind of that guy to kind of facilitate. So maybe this is, like, you know, middle of the first, depending on how the substitution patterns are or the start of the second quarter. We kind of give the ball to him for, like, a three, you know, two to three minutes span and kind of have him – um, take on those primary playmaking duties. And so with that, you know, you have Gafford, somebody who can finish around the rim. You have Breton, somebody who can shoot. You bring in Beal, somebody who can make his own shot and still play well off the ball. Um, you bring in one of your best point guards who can shoot the ball as additional spacing. And then maybe we're doing Kuz or, or KCP just kind of even out that floor and let Denny kind of go to work. And so I think you have a nice balance there between inside, outside. Um, and he's kind of free on, on both ends to, to play defense solidly as he can and the offensive end not have to work too hard to create his own shot, but have plenty of weapons with which to distribute the ball. Right. Yeah, I, I like that lineup a lot. So, you, like you said, you got the rim runner in Gaffer, You got the shooter in Holiday where he can just spot up and he plays off ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, KCP is a shooter as well, Kuzma as well. Yeah. Who Who do you think is the odd man out with playing time this year? Like, who do you think uh, minutes will decrease this season? It's so weird. I feel bad for saying this. I mean, right now it's easy. I didn't bring him up for a reason because he is injured. It's Thomas Bryant, I think, right? Um, and yeah. then, of course, Kisper, because I think he brought, brought in situationally. But you have so many guys who play the same position that, yeah, may not be – as good shooters, uh, with the exception of Bertans, but can do so many other things right now that I think he's just clearly above him. But when Brian returns to health, I think we're looking at Montrez as the odd man out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why is because, I mean, Bryant, you still have size, and he spaces the floor. Gafford, eyes, defensive um, uh, attention around the rim, and somebody could finish around the rim as well. So you keep that away. Montrezl Howard doesn't give you that size. He does give you way, you know, to the left with the offensive strength, but he gives so much back on the defensive side that I feel that he becomes the then situational matchup player, uh, similar to a Corey Kispert, and I feel him as the odd man out because he can't swing to the four. Like, he is the five. And if the Wizards have nothing else, they have plenty of fours this season. So I think that uh, looking onward, that Harold might be the guy on the outside looking in, uh, while you kind of have a solid big man rotation between Gafford and and Bryant that give you different inside outside looks. Yeah, I I was thinking that way too. Um, when Thomas Bryant does come back, and you know Montrezl Harrell, you know he he struggled to get playing time with the Lakers too. You know he you know liked some tweets about Frank Vogel and had some cryptic tweets about when he was sitting on the bench as well. And when Thomas Bryant does come back, you you just can't say Gafford because he's just too much of a defensive anchor in the energy. That he brings Montrezl Harrell brings a lot of energy as well, but um, like you said, he, he's undersized. He, he's he struggles defensively at times, and uh, I, I just think you know he he doesn't space the floor like Thomas Bryant can. So I, I think he probably would be that odd man out. I think they they could try to find some playing time. Scott Brooks last year he gave all the minute he gave you know he found a way to play all three centers at the same time. Robin Lopez, Alex Lynn, which is something that you don't see in the modern NBA. Just all nah. those big, especially you know Robin Lopez, a guy 
can play with his back to the basket, you know, the hook shot, uh, captain hook shot. So it will be interesting. I love Montrez Harrell. So I, I think, you know, somebody it, – it just shows how much how deeper the Wizards got how, and they really did improve. And um, even though ESPN doesn't have them ranked highly, we are going to get to that next. Uh, this team got deeper. <laughs> the team got deeper for sure. Uh, I think they did improve from last year, even though they did lose Russell Westbrook for, and they brought in, you know, some solid pieces. I think the team got deeper, and I think the team it has improved. Um, but before we do get into the power rankings and the over-under um, that's been set by the betting odds, this episode has been brought to you by – or it's being brought to you by Rock Auto. Um, why choose to spend 30% to 50% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can use Rock Auto? For example, a Honda, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store but it's only $216 from Rock Auto. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need from rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. They have co- coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, which is my favorite, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macro, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so we'll get into the power rankings really quick. Um, just before I even read them, just if you had to guess uh, where the Wizards are ranked in the whole NBA, not just the not, not just the Eastern Conference, where do you think the Wizards would be ranked out of the 30 NBA teams? I would say, see, knowing ESPN, man, I, I, realistically, I would say middle of the pack. I mean, look at the team last year. They had a lot of deficiencies. You didn't really have a three. Uh, you didn't really have a backup, too. You know, you had injuries to the five. Like, there was a lot of holes, you know? And you had some, like, top-tier talent in terms of Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal, but it was top-heavy as well because, you know, the rest of starting five, with the, with the exception of, you know, the ascension of Gafford and some moments here and there, Robin Lopez did go off the bench. You had a lot of, you know, weaknesses. I feel like with the way that the Wizards went this offseason, they address a lot of that um, and have significant depth in a variety of positions. And that's before you even bring up the fact they're able to bring in Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Um, so all that to say, I put them in the middle of the pack. I think that, I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Um, they're not horrible. Um, they're going to compete for it again this year. And I feel like they went and shored up some weaknesses. So, uh, but knowing ESPN, and I'm going to say maybe like, back end of the half like let's just say like that not like 25 to 30 but like somewhere between like 15 to 20 i'll put them more like the 10 to 15 range in terms of off season they did some really good job like really good job right so yeah they they have us ranked uh at 21 they have us behind the t- <laughs> sorry. They have us ranked at 21 out of 30 wow um, yeah right behind the raptors 
Um, they yeah, they have us, you know, right behind the Raptors at 21 and out of 30 teams, which is which is pretty low. And I'm not – I wasn't really surprised when I saw it. Um, you know, I, I would think – the Chicago Bulls are 19 and the Pacers are 18. So, you look at that and the Bulls had a really good offseason. So, it looks like they were pretty – not harsh, but kind of like the Russian judge here because, you know, I think the Bulls are better than eight, than 19, to be honest. You know, they got DeMar DeRozan, they got Lonzo Ball, um, they got Vucevic, Zach Levine. I think they're a better team than 19, to be honest. Uh, I think the Wizards, at, at the highest, could be 19 or 18, you know, because mm. they, have, they have so many Western Conference teams at the top, which is understandable, like the Blazers and, the, of course, you know, the Warriors are going to be up there. Uh, the Jazz are going to be up there. And um, the Suns and, and the Lakers, of course, and all those other teams in the Western Conference. And the Eastern Conference did get better. Um, I will give them – I will give a, a lot of credit to the rest of the Eastern Conference, too. They, they improved. So, I understand where the where the ESPN is coming from with 20. I think, I think it's a little too low. I think at the, at the highest, I would go 18 for the Washington Wizards. But they – so, NBA.com, they came out with – rankings as well um they they just did it for the eastern conference though but if, if you look at 21 that's around like you said play-in game playoffs eighth seed so it, it makes sense I, right now in my opinion i think they're eighth seed to be realistic i'm not going to be a you know um overly optimistic optimistic washington wizards fan i think i know we st- where we stand you know with you know <laughs> even with Sorry. russell westbrook yeah even with russell westbrook and bradley bill we were we were in, we were in ac and towards the end of the year we we finished the season 17 and 6 you know we we had covid we had a covid outbreak we were we were out of we didn't play for two weeks you know there's a picture of bradley bill you know where he's on the bench and no there's like nobody near 10 <laughs> feet of him cuz he's like one of the few players on the roster we barely had eight players to play at one time um and we we i thought we i thought we finished pretty well um, for the roster that we had. I mean, Raul Neto was starting, Alex Lynn was starting, and uh, we, we just didn't have a lot of talent other than Bradley Bill and, and Russell Westbrook and Rui and, and some other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the NBA Eastern Conference rankings, they had us coming in at at 10, which I think is about right. Um, what, what do you think about that ranking from NBA.com? That's, that's a lot more spot on. You look at the offseason, you're trying to address weaknesses, you're trying to get better. Not everything's going to be a championship contender. I don't think there was a move the Wizards could have made without dealing Bradley Beal that would have netted them a return that would then say their championship contention. And honestly, if you're dealing Beal, then you're probably not getting, you know, right. a, a package back that's going to say, oh, you're vaulted to the top. So considering where they were and what they did, I think that's better. I mean, they're a team that you could look at and say, okay, they significantly improved this offseason. So if you're ranking the offseason, you know, I think certain, you know, lists and, and tallies, they kind of do this where it's like, Oh, well, they're a bad team. Okay, well, it's not about the team. We get that. It's like, what did they do? Grade the moves on that scale and see, like, how did they level up or down? Um, to have them mind the Raptors, man, that's just a shame. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> that. But, um, ES, I mean, NBA, I think, is a lot more accurate. Uh, top 10, maybe a little higher for me, but I, I, I like it. I think that that's actually closer to the truth. Yeah. It, yeah, in the Eastern Conference, they have the Nets coming at number one. Of course, I have no argument there. Bucks mm-hmm. number two. Mm-hmm. Hawks number three, Sixers four, Heat five, Knicks six, Celtics seven, Bulls eight, Raptors nine. I, I honestly, I think we have a better roster than the Toronto Raptors. Um, I agree. I think, I think I think the Bulls have a better roster. The Knicks, you could, yeah, I think they have a better roster, a deeper roster. I think the Heat have a better roster. The Sixers, I'm not going to argue that at all. Hawks with Trey Young, Bucks of course with Giannis, and the Nets. And uh, also, like you said before, I mean the 
there's an ESPN analyst. His name is Kevin Pelton. He wrote an article said that the Washington Wizards had the best offseason so far because they got to they got rid of a of Russell Westbrook contract that was you know if he, he could have opted in next year for forty seven million dollars yeah yeah I, I love Russell Westbrook I mean he's Me a too. triple double king but forty seven million dollars for Russell Westbrook you know <laughs> kind of a lot yeah yeah that's that's a lot of money right there and then you uh. got to pay Bradley Bill uh, next next off season as well he could opt in or he could just get a crazy supermax deal next next off season so. You had to pay those two guys that much money. And, you know, if you want to think back, you know, we traded John Wall. We got off his contract to get Russell Westbrook. And then Tommy Shepard was able to flip uh, Russell Westbrook's contract for three um, s- solid, solid players from the Lakers. And, and we got Aaron Holiday from the Pacers as well, flipping that trade and ended up getting Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So I thought we had a solid offseason. We're still a competitive team. We retooled. We didn't blow it up. You know, there's an argument for a lot of people are going to say, you know, should the Wizards just blow it up? And I'll ask you that question, too. You know, from the outside looking in, what do you think was the best direction for the Washington Wizards to go? Was it to just start over and trade Bradley Bill to the Warriors for pick seven and 14? That could have been Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and and Jordan Poole, another first-round pick. Was that something Mm -hmm. that you think the Wizards probably should have considered? See, I – I'm something of a nostalgia fan as a hoops guy. So, like, it really, like, I like the fact that Bradley Beal is staying there. I think it just comes to, like you said, realistic expectations. Now, brief aside, as a Lakers fan, I'm not that. I've talked myself into, like, Carlos Boozer leading this to the playoffs, like, back in 2015. Like, realism <laughs> is lost on me. But, like, if you're looking at the Wizards as they are right now, this team is not a championship team, right? If Bradley Beal just wants to contend, like, be a playoff team, kind of be in the mix – and hope that, you know, Tommy Shepard is leading them in a positive direction where they can make some more moves in the upcoming seasons, then fine, this is great. But if this is, like, anywhere near the peak, I I think you're probably better off rebuilding. And it sucks to say that because he obviously wants to be in Washington and Washington wants to keep him. So it's that rare balance where right now, you know, both parties are simpatico as far as where they want to go. But in terms of, like, the end game, it really comes down to Bradley Beal. What is the end game for him? You know, if he wants to just be a fixture in Washington and just have the Wizards be competitive, then I think they're on the right track. If anything, you're even more positive about that because you look at guys like Rui, like Denny, like Gafford, younger guys that can kind of grow in and continue to be decent, you know? But if you're looking at this team to, like, contend in the East in, like, two years, I mean, Bill's, what, 27, 28? I don't know how I feel, so I feel like I'm hedging, um, and I am hedging. But I feel like it's kind of – if Bill is com- if Bill is content with this, then – I think it's fine. If you're just having a competitive team, then this is fine. I think you're trying to go as your franchise player goes. Uh, personally, if you're in a rebuild, fine. Commit to it all the way. And even then, you can kind of look at, you know, flipping Montres Howell or flipping um, KCP for additional picks and stuff. But listen, the way the Easter Conference is, why not keep it, you know, maybe health. You know, you, you, you win, the, you win the, the battle of attrition. You know, you have a solid team see what happens, maybe make a couple of good breaks and you win a round or two, and that's solid momentum to make a bigger move next year. So with that being said, I'm going to finally just edge to this is an okay route for now. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. You know, COVID is still going to be a problem this year. Injuries are Mm -hmm. still going to be a problem. You saw the injuries at a high rate last year, and this team is is very deep. So, you know, heaven forbid, knock on wood, if somebody does get injured, we have more more death. Somebody can step in and play. And the teams that did finish with with death, like the Suns and and – uh, the Bucks that had multiple players that could help out because you know the, the Bucks ended up winning the game without Giannis even playing, you know, <laughs> yeah. so beating beating the Hawks. So just having that depth is huge. But yeah, it it is tough. The Wizards, we are in basketball purgatory. We've been in basketball purgatory for 
probably the last five, six years, really, even with John Wall. Um, just being that fourth, fifth seed, we haven't gotten past the second round since, you know, a long time. I hate to bring up that history, but it's been a very long, <laughs> in 1978 or 1979 uh, since the last time we got past the second round. So, uh, and I, I love Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill is a top 20 player, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. He's all NBA player. He showed it this year, all-star, perennial all-star. Um, was very close to winning that scoring record this year. Um, yeah. But it is hard. I mean, just being realistic, you know, hitting the, re- hitting the recent – you don't always have to tank. But also hitting that rebuild button, it, it was – it definitely is a realistic option. And it's something that, you know, I think all Wizards fans definitely thought about because it's like, you know, where are we really going? Um, are we just going to be a first-round exit team? Mm-hmm. And if it's just that, then it's like, okay, yeah, it's time to see what we can do in the draft and, and you know, bring in some other guys. But I'm, I'm with Bradley Bill. Whatever he wants to do, I'm with it just because he's just a special, uh, talented player. He is one of those guys at the last breed, him and Damian Lillard. Yeah, are one of those team, one of those guys that are not you know going to same drafts. Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 from that same breed um, right now. So which is which is very rare. Um, so I'm interested to see and maybe Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe he could make a jump. You know, maybe he could um, become a a you know he was a 20 point per game kind of guy mm-hmm. last year. Maybe he could become a 25 point per game guy uh, next to Bradley mm-hmm. Bill and Rui Hachimura could uh, take that leap as well. And you know, or, what did you yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I was gonna say the Wizards even could do like a Lakers route where you, you know, a bunch of your role players, you, a bunch of young guys right now get good, get intriguing enough that you flip them on a package for another guy. You know, everyone's always thinking about like trading Bradley Beal. Maybe the Wizards trade for another star with a collection of talent that they have, and you're right back in contention. You know, it takes nothing but like a strong finish um, and a strong postseason. Free agency comes, and all of a sudden, other teams are like, okay, I like what Washington has going on. And you're right, like as simple as it is to like flip the switch and rebuild, you know, things might break right. And all of a sudden, you know, you may be, I don't want to say a free agent destination, like in that way, but like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's go to Washington and do some winning, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, like, like, like we've said before, tanking doesn't always work. There's been some teams that have been very bad. You look at the thunder, they're going to be bad for the next probably three years, even with all those picks. Uh, the Sixers trust in the process. They trust the process and look where they're at now. They still haven't even gotten past, you know, they haven't got a championship, you know. They're the now, shade. Yeah, you know. So. But it's true. It's true. <laughs> right. And I'm actually – I've said it before. I'm one of the few people that actually um, – I think if I were the Sixers, I would keep Ben Simmons mm. just because he's super talented. But it's just a toxic situation where the fans – I think the fans would boom. You know how yeah. Philly is. They would boom if he steps on the court. Mm-hmm. It's over. And his teammates don't trust him. Doc Rivers doesn't even think he can win a game with him. He just doesn't know the press conference, so – uh, I think it's just a toxic situation, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just think the Sixers we're in, we're in a tough spot. Tommy Shepard's trying to do his best here with revamping this roster, um, and I'm interested to see. I do think there's a trade. I do think there will be a trade, though. I think there's so many guys at the same position: Davies Bertans, Akuzma, KCP, Kispert, uh, Rui. There's just so many guys at that same position. I do think there there possibly could be a trade. Who who's somebody? If you had to name somebody that the Wizards realistically could target. I know this is like swinging, you know, uh, swing. (laughs) (laughs) But before, I guess we'll end on this one. Who's somebody who you think the Wizards could possibly trade for to help Hmm. out Bradley Bill? That's a good question. Before the Bulls went and made their moves, I was kind of high on DeRozan. I thought it'd be funky, but I I thought it'd be something that could happen. Um, Aside from that, that's a great question. Okay, might be wild. But maybe like a Pascal Siakam. Okay. Maybe like a Pascal Siakam. You know, depending on whether he is like 
uh, potentially on the move or whatnot. You have a bunch of young guys, you know, what maybe like a Rui, um, Denny package, couple of picks, and, and maybe Harrell or something. You know, I'm not even sure if the money works and all that. But, like, you, you kind of hit the, the pinpoints of a package in terms of having a couple picks, some intriguing young players, and someone established who they could either, you know, reroute or have on their team to kind of maintain um, some competitive um, flexibility there. So that is someone I would look at. I, I think that he, again, would be – he wouldn't fill the entire need because I look at him as – Almost like a Bradley Beal. Like, I don't know if they could be the best. Okay, I know Pascal's can't, in my own personal opinion. But I don't know if Bradley Beal can be, like, the best player on the championship team. But then you have more of, like, a, a, a core of a star talent. And I think that's one that I'd be a lot more interested in. Um, aside from that, oh, that's interesting. I'm not – I'm drawing a blank. I mean – Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough, tough. Yeah, yeah, to kind of get that star talent. I was like, oh, maybe they could do for, like, a Damian Lillard. But when you already got Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. – if you have to make a trade – for a star point guard, you're like, well, we already have Spencer Dinwiddie, then, then you shouldn't have your job. But at the same time, like, I, I don't think the Wizards make that move targeting him unless they're probably partying with Dinwiddie. And in that case, then you say, okay, we have an all-star backcourt, you know, let's get some solid pieces. But those are their, kind of the kind of player types I would look at. I think you wait around, see what shakes come, you know, trade deadline season, right. see what shakes come the offseason, and then you have these type of players that you can then pounce on. Um, and maybe it's a play we don't know just yet. And then we're like, okay, you know, that's someone you can go for. Yeah. I think another name is, is maybe Carl Anthony Towns. And this is just a swing here. Okay. I like it. You know, that's just if, if the Timberwolves really want to blow it out, like you mm-hmm. said, at the trade deadline, the things just didn't work out. They're ready to move on, load up on some picks. Yep. Um, I think Brad and, and Towns would work, would work pretty well. If there's a way you could keep Spencer Dinwiddie. Now to get Carl Towns, you, you probably do have to throw in Rui. And Denny and some mm-hmm. things. You're gonna have to give up something to get Carl Towns. I mean, he's a perennial All Star player, sure. so you're you're just gonna have to give up some talent. So it will be interesting to see or Kuzma and Montrez mm-hmm. and Denny make and the money Kuzma. work too. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah, gone because the he did just get a big contract. So that is true. But I think Towns will work pretty well. And this is just a pipe dream right here. I don't think any of this is gonna happen at all. But it doesn't hurt to speak in, in, into existence. Um, but yeah, before we head out. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates on updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Um, I just want to thank you, man, for coming on. If th- is there anything you want to plug? Your Twitter. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, definitely. I, I Twitter at CorbinNBA. Um, that's where I'll be. That's where I do most of my rambles uh, on the Twitterverse, uh, the retweets and stuff. Definitely love interacting, talking basketball all the time. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you for having me on, my friend. Definitely, definitely. Anytime you guys can follow me on Twitter at edt triple f l a t t, and make sure you guys put in your questions for mailbag. Uh, we'll be doing some mailbag episodes next week. So um, if you leave a, a five star rating, definitely leave your questions down there, and uh, I'll answer them next week on mailbag. Or you can tag me on Twitter as well, mention me or DM me. Um, and just make sure you guys um, stay tuned. We are doing, or I am doing three episodes per week, and then we'll get back on to the flow of five days a week, um, starting the week of September 28th. I think that that is when training camp for the NBA starts. So everything's coming back quickly. The season starts in October, shortened season, season hots right back in. NBA, yeah, I know. Yeah, Corey's rubbing his hands right now like Birdman, so he's excited. You know, so. <laughs> so it should be a lot of fun. But, yeah, once again, thank you, man, for coming on. And uh, everybody have a good one. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.